This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Thank you for being here. Uh, we've had a phenomenal morning already this, this today. I just feel led to do something a little different in this, this service today. How many of you, first off, have some kind of a, a need you need God to move in? Can I see your hand? Needs all over this place, literally all over this place. I believe that God can move in your need. But I received a phone call just, just a, a, a little over a week ago, and it was one of the most interesting phone calls I've received in, in a very long time. I took this call uh, not knowing what was going to uh, uh, what was going to be said, and, and and honestly, I'll just I'll just give you this. Um, um, I'll give you someone else's words about uh, this is a different denominational background, more more. Uh, I don't want to sound critical. Uh, traditional. Maybe so, then, then we might be. Uh, somebody said, what's War Hill made up? We're just people who love Jesus. Come on, amen. And, um, but every, they love Jesus too, just, just differently. And, and a matter of fact, one of their staff members met me, and he said, he said I listened to you in victory. Said, Why are you whispering? He said, because we're told y'all are not from God. And I said, Glad you're listening. Maybe you'll meet him. Come on, amen. <laughs> but when my phone went off and it was the head of this ministry, and he started pouring out his heart, he said, I need a church that believes in healing. Amen. The very things that are preached against. He said, I need a church to agree with me. Now, we can cross our arms and say, you shouldn't have been preaching against us, or we can be the body of the living Christ. And so I want to stop this service, and I want to pray without you knowing the names and congregation, because the reality is, listen, every house is a little different. I mean, some of you don't eat Captain Crunch. (laughs) Fruity pebbles. Well, God bless your soul. There'll be deliverance for you afterwards. (laughs) I'm a Cocoa Pebbles guy. Come on now. Raisin Bran. No, the reason, do you know the reason they keep telling us how many scoops there are in that Raisin Bran? Because nobody likes the cereal. They're just trying to get you to eat the raisins. Come on. I like Raisin Bran Crunch, though. There you go, Raisin Bran Crunch. But no, see, the point is differences. Fruity Pebbles, Raisin Bran, Captain Crunch, Cocoa. Y'all make fun of my favorite. My favorite's uh, 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 Wheaties. Put a little spoon of peanut butter on it. Oh, my goodness. God is so good. And the reason I say that is just because we eat different cereals doesn't make us any less the people of God. And just because other churches maybe worship a little differently doesn't make them not the people of God. So I never want to preach against somebody because I've got too much Jesus to preach to and preach against somebody. But when they had the audacity to ask us for prayer, we're going to have the audacity to pray for them. So in holy reverence, I want you to stand with me. This pastor and his family need a God miracle right now. Lord, your word says that 
where your people dwell together in unity, that it is pleasing. God, they may have different brands than we have. They may use different phrases. They may dress differently. They may act differently. But God, they are still blood-bought children of the living King. And as blood-bought children of the living King, they are inheritances of the promises of the stripes of Jesus Christ by which we're healed. Lord, as we're praying for them, I pray that every need in this place will be coming under the same anointing, the same victory. God, let healing come to that house. Let healing come to deliverance. Lord, I'm asking you, so let it be such a radical healing that it'll even help heal the body of Christ. Come on. Father, by the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, I thank you that your victory comes upon them. Lord, I thank you that, that healing comes into their, that this pastor and his family's home and life, come on now, life springs forth in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. God's good, isn't he? Come on, give God a praise for that. You may be seated. Some of you may not understand the importance of that. We've been experiencing revival for five years in North Georgia. 70,000 plus people now baptized, healed, miracles, salvations, because churches started working together. It's important that we stop examining what cereals are in the closet and we start remembering whose family we are, okay? This is so, so important. All right, so listen to me. Today we've been in a series. I'm excited about what God has done. Uh, there's some exciting things happening on Wednesday nights this month you don't want to miss, but I want to dive right in to the Word. We've been in a series on the geography of faith. But to understand this series, I think we need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us. And I want to give you three words. And Pastor Sam messed up last service. He behaved himself better this time. But he got up and preached my sermon before I got to I said, why don't you just preach, brother? Come on, amen. And when the Holy Spirit speaks, and I didn't tell them which all songs to sing, but when the Holy Spirit speaks, uh, he's guiding us into all truth. So I want you to pray this prayer with me out loud, okay? I think it's important he said out loud. Uh, and I actually used that verse you quoted. Uh, during the first service today. So it shows you're listening to the Holy Ghost in the middle of the night. Amen. Praise God. But I want you to say these three words with me. Come, Holy Spirit. And I want you to say them like you mean them. Come, Holy Spirit. And you need to be careful because if that ever becomes your prayer, it'll change who you are. If it becomes your prayer and mean it, it's game on. I want you to get this. Right wherever you are, you need to learn to have that prayer. Christina was dealing with some things recently. She said, I don't know what to say. And I said, well, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. When you don't know what to say, his word says the Holy Spirit will give you these words. I believe, listen to what I'm about to say, the Holy Spirit comes and calms our nerves. I believe that the Holy Spirit gives us holy competence to know what to do when we don't know what to do. Listen to me. I'm preaching about the Holy Ghost for just a moment. I need you to help me. I believe that the Holy Spirit alleviates anxiety. Can I get an amen? amen? He is the peace that passes all understanding. People say, I don't know why I'm still standing, but I am. It's because the Holy Ghost is in you. Woo. Listen to me. You need to get this. The Holy Spirit enhances your attention span. It's my prayer over you right now that you could come on. The Holy Spirit, he calms your nerves. He enhances your attention span, and he helps you even find relief from the pain that has been hounding you in the nights. Now, I want to take you to a book that's probably not my favorite book. I want to take you to the book of Ezekiel today. How many just love the book of Ezekiel? Anybody? How many of you? Oh, a few. Okay, that's good. How many of you, when you read Ezekiel, it's like life, 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 and oh, there's Zeke. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Ezekiel is a challenge, even for me. 
I've read the scripture from cover to cover, almost every known English translation there is. And, and I, I, Ezekiel is a challenge because, listen to me, here's why it's a challenge. Because the first 24 chapters, all it does is tell me what wrong I did. For the first 24 chapters, in a confusing way, he tells Israel, this is your problem. Israel, here's your problem. How many of you love to be told from the moment you get up in the morning how bad you are all day long? Anybody? You see, some churches will constantly do that. You'll come to God's house and they'll tell you you're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. And they leave you on the thought of thinking you're going to hell. Can I tell you that I don't have time to preach people into hell, that I have time to invite people to escape hell because Jesus came and made a way and he paved it with his own blood. And I want to tell people that there's a better way and there's hope in Jesus' name. But Ezekiel starts out in 24 chapters. He's like, boom, 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 wrong, 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 wrong. But boom, then he flips. And that's what you have to do. You have to tell people why they need to repent. But then he says, let me tell you, there's hope, there's life, there's love. And all of that flips the script. And he starts speaking that help. And he starts speaking that life. And we're going to start uh, over toward Ezekiel 37. But here's the problem. I've said this every week for the last several weeks. We forget that the Bible did not come in chapters and verses. And because we forget that the Bible does not come in chapters and verses, so many times we don't look ahead, we find a verse and we stay right there and try to get it to say what we want it to say. And we miss the truth and the power of the verse. Listen to me, what I'm about to say, we miss the truth and the victory, how to walk in the verse, because we have to look at what's before and what's after. Amen. This is so important. And so this didn't actually happen. It wasn't divided until the 1600s when a, when a, a French printer decided that, that he, he, it would be easier if people could just say, turn to this. And so he broke it all up. And, and, but I want us to start actually in Ezekiel 36 for just a moment because we've been talking about the geography of faith. And the geography of faith is so important because we have to understand that we've been studying the fact that the God of the mountain is God in the valley. We learned last week that, that he's even named El Shaddai, the God of the mountain. But El Shaddai has another meaning. It also means under the shadow of the one who carries us through the valley. So we have a God who is everywhere. He's God everywhere. Can I just go ahead and tell you, the devil wants you to think of God as limited, that your geography somehow limits God. But the reality is the enemy is limited by your geography. God is not. God is with you wherever you go. As a matter of fact, the scripture says he's in front of you when you're on your way, and he's got your back behind you. He goes before you and behind you all at the same time. And the, what blows my mind is mercy and goodness are walking beside you. God's got you all around. I had to do this in the earlier service. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me prime the amen pump. Are you with me? Amen. Stay with me. Listen to what he said. So here's the problem. Some of you don't understand. You've got to learn to speak to your geography. You, haven't, you say, I can't talk to inanimate things. You've got to learn to speak to your geography because... Look what God says. We've been singing in, this, in America for the last year this song about, about uh, dry bones and rattling and all this stuff has been happening all across our land. But people miss the beauty of why they can't walk in that victory because they don't read chapter 36. And chapter 36 tells me this, that I have to, listen, verse 1, Ezekiel 36, 1 says, prophesy to the mountains. You can never make it through the valleys until you've learned to deal with your mountains. Until you can serve God on the mountaintop, you will never be able to make it through the valleys. Listen to what I've come to tell you today. When you get distracted because things are so good and suddenly you don't need God anymore, 
My life's going great. I, well, I can skip church this week. Might as well just preach. I don't, have to, I don't have to try to bring God into my finances. Everything's going good. I don't think I'll tithe this month. Preaching truth. Watch this now. I forget him on my mountaintops. Then I don't understand why I can't find him in the valleys. It's until I learn to serve him in the good times because when I get in the bad times, I'm not looking for where God is. I already know where God is because I've been serving him all along the way. Did somebody change the name of the sign up front on this church? Or do I just feel it already inside of my soul? I feel this burning inside of me today that you need to understand something. I remind, you know what, while I was preaching that, I heard an old, old uh, 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 saying to the church, uh, a powerful preacher lady by the name of May Terry, she used to say it this way. She said, I don't have to look for God. I reach up and whoop, there he is. Come on now. That's the way she would say it. I know the God of the mountain is also God in the valley because I never stopped serving him in the good times and I've served him in the bad times and he's been faithful all along the way. Can I get an Amen. Listen, here's the thing you need to realize, though. He said, speak to your mountain, because sometimes climbing mountains are not easy. I'll never forget one time I was trying to become a young youth pastor, so I was leading a youth group as a volunteer, and as I was leading this youth group as a volunteer, we decided we were going to do this brilliant thing and climb Blood Mountain. Not God's plan for my life now. Well, we climbed up Blood Mountain. As we were climbing Blood Mountain, I had about 12, 15 boys with me, and they're, they're climbing the mountain. And as they're climbing the mountain, uh, there's 11 of them ahead, and there's a 12th one that will not keep up. And I said to him, I said, boy, why can't you keep up? He said, well, my, my pack's just so heavy. I said, well, well, I'm tired of coming back here and getting you and having to run up to keep an eye on everybody else. I said, give me your pack, and you just go on. So he gave me his pack. I threw it on my shoulder, and I was like, goodness. I walked up that mountain behind them with that heavy, heavy pack and my pack too. I finally make it up there. I sit down. I'm seeing stars. And I was young and healthy then. Come on now. I'm seeing stars. I sit down and I throw that bag down. And I said, boy, what did you pack in that bag? He said, oh, you would never believe. I found the prettiest rock down at the base of the mountain. I found the prettiest rock down at the base of the mountain. And I said, boy, you carry that the rest of the way all by yourself. Don't you get rid of that rock, amen. But you know what? The reason sometimes mountains are hard to climb and our burden is heavy is because we're not willing to lay some things down because we won't speak into the truth into our lives. And he says, prophesy to that mountain. Listen to me, at some point in your life, if you're gonna break a bad habit, if you're gonna overcome an addiction, if you're gonna achieve the goal in your life, you're going to have to restore relationship. If you're going to solve the problem, there's gonna be some point that you have to stop, stop talking to God about the mountains in your life and start talking to the mountains about your God. In other words, I'm not gonna look at you and, and say, God, please get this out of my way. I'm gonna look at the mountain and say, I am an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony and I will go over. Amen. I feel this today. You got to get to that place 
where you learn to speak truth. But Pastor Don, you don't understand the struggles that I have. You don't understand the struggles that I have. When I fall into something that I feel like has a hold of me, what do I do? I plant my feet, I look it square in the eyes, and I say I am a blood-bought child of the living God. This is not who I am. It's not who I'm going to be. Amen. The devil comes knocking, trying to pull me back and take me back to yesterday. I say, you don't understand. I am not who I once was. I am now the righteousness of Christ. And I walk in the favor of the living God. And I might not be able to take you out on my own, but it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Amen. Pastor Don, you want us walking around talking to our struggles? Well, you've been talking about them long enough. It doesn't help. One of the first signs of marriage counseling to tell people stop talking about each other and start talking to each other. You're married to some problems. You need to start speaking life into. Listen, be careful though. This lady got a hold of it. I said that one time. She got a hold of it. She wanted God to change my heart about something. So she went and got Pastor Gwen to prayer partner about it. And I'll tell you, about three weeks later, I looked at her and I said, are you praying about that? And she said, yes, I am. And I have a partner. (laughs) I said, leave me alone. I can't stop thinking about this. She said, well, you're going to see it our way, aren't you? I said, if you'll stop praying, come on, man. Somebody needs to stop telling God all about your mountain. You need to start praying and saying to the mountain, let me tell you. Some of you going, Pastor Don, this doesn't make sense. Matthew 17, 20, Jesus Christ himself said, if you'll speak to that mountain, it does not matter if you have as much faith as small as a mustard seed. You can say to this mountain, you can get out of my way and you can move from here to there. I've come to tell you with faith, God still takes mountains and turns them into molehills this morning. Amen. My goodness. I feel like the difference between a 9.30 service and an 11.30 service today is 9.30 was like, was like I was sliding in on honey. And now I'm climbing a mountain. Come on now. Somebody needs what I've come to tell you. Listen to what I'm telling you. How many of you remember the story in the Gospels where they're on the seashore? All four Gospels record this. They're on the sea, and there's a great storm. And they all get afraid. And the Bible says that the, the, they were all the disciples were afraid. Do you remember what the majority of the disciples did for a living? Fishermen. Listen to me. When you're out on a boat and the fishermen who have done it professionally get afraid, you're in trouble. When the captain starts lashing himself to the mast, you're in trouble. When they're afraid, I've been out on boats going, I'm green, I think we're going to die. And they're like, woohoo! I'm like, Lord, please let this captain have a little sense and take me back to shore. But when they get afraid, there's a problem. Can I tell you that one of the reasons why we don't speak to the mountains is because we think we already know how to handle the whole environment we live in. So finally, they run into an environment they can't handle. And listen to what I'm about to say to you. They said, Jesus, will you handle it? And we get all King James about it. And King James says he got into the boat. I mean, he stepped up into the boat, into the bow, uh, whatever the front is. What is that? Start, what, I don't bow. The bow of the boat. And he says, peace, be still. 
But listen, that's not what Jesus did. I love the literal translation. The literal translation is not peace. peace that's, that's, I'm tired of people painting, uh, uh, painting Jesus as a pansy. He put his foot down in the bow of the boat and he said, shut up and put your muzzle on. Literal translation. Shut up, put your muzzle on, devil. Why? Because in the 90s of the Psalms, I've been translating them for the Bible translation this week. In the 90s of the Psalms, listen to what I'm about to say to you. There's this place where it says that the oceans roar and the waves clap their hands. And what it really is right there is a prophecy about this moment that at his command, that the oceans would be calmed and that the waves would cease at his command. So what he really is saying is, I've already spoken a promise into reality. You will submit to my promise. Can I go ahead and tell you now, some of you are trying to talk God into something that God's already promised you. God's already told you you'll be an overcomer by the blood of the lamb. God's already told you you'll be more than a conqueror. God's already told you that your family and your entire household shall know the Lord. And instead of that, they're going, please, please, God, you need to stand up and speak to that mountain and say, shut up, put your muzzle on and get in line with the will of God for my life. Amen. You better watch out because God will mess up your world. Listen to this. They'd seen him do all kinds of miracles and they went, even the wind and the waves obey him. Can I just go ahead and say, even your geography, your geography. I'll never forget a day. I don't, this service is totally different than the others. But I'll never forget this day. There, the, people don't understand. Now we're six campuses, but th- this was a, built, a building here. That was a sanctuary before that. And there was a little old bar sanctuary before that over here. And that bar had been converted into a church. And we were preaching in there one day. And I was preaching about the promises of God. The promises of God. And while I, was, while I was preaching, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, you will preach that for everybody else, but you don't believe it for yourself. And I said, well, Lord, I... he said, believe it for you. See, some of you think God can change everybody's geography but yours. I said, okay, God. I don't know what you want, but let me just go ahead and tell you now, God's not asking you a question because he doesn't know the answer. God's asking you a question to test your faith. I said, okay, God, I hear you. Well, we still had Sunday night services. Sunday night, I'm headed to the pulpit. and As I'm headed to the pulpit, uh, somebody reaches out and grabs me. Says, I need to see you. Or it was during worship. I need to see you. And I said, now? And they said, Now? And so I go walking back to the back, and they said, look, Pastor, I've got a really big tithe today, but God told me to do something for you and your family that, that, that you need right now. And I, I said, okay. So he hands me a check, and, you know, I just, you know, oh, well, maybe, let me just see what this is. Oh, it's like three, four months' salary. I take it, and I fold it up. I'm ready to preach with fire now. Come on, amen. And I'm sitting there, and I go back, and I'm, they're singing the last song, and he grabs me again. He goes, oh, I gave you the wrong check. <laughs> I said, well, praise God. At least the church is going to be blessed. Come on now, give him the check back. He hands me another. I, wa- I needed them to sing on for a moment because I wanted to see how much it had dropped. <laughs> And when it opened, it was excessively more. We were able, 
literally, I walked in, paid off our debts, looked at my wife and said, this is, makes it possible for you to now pursue your dream. And she went back to pursue her medical education. Listen, listen to me. When I start speaking to you about your mountains, like this sermon has been so easy in the other services, but I'm fighting for somebody because the devil's trying to tell you that mountain can't be moved. Stop thinking I'm not talking about your geography. God wants every family in this building to be whole. God wants every marriage to be restored in health. God wants every life to walk in freedom. God wants every one of you walking in the anointing and the calling that God himself has created you for. And he brought you here this morning and he has arrested this service. I mean, literally, I was looking forward to coming into this service preaching this message. I was like, last service, we're going to have fun. And I've got a rock going up a mountain. But I'm fighting for somebody right here. I'm fighting for somebody. Don't let your geography mess up your faith. Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Here's what you need to do. Prophesy to your mountain. You've been trying to fix the valley, and I'm almost out of time. I'm not going to get you out of the valley. But, but prophesy to your mountain. You've been trying to get over here and speak life to, the, to what seems dead, but you've got to speak to your mountain. Here's verse 8 of 36. But you, O mountains of Israel, shall shoot forth branches and yield your fruit to my people. Listen to me. When you think you're doing good, if you're not being fruitful, you need to start prophesying. Every season of your life ought to be fruitful. And then he takes them to 37. And in 37, and I'm just going to give you just really a quick uh, just run through of 37. It says, the hand of the Lord was upon me. And he brought me to the spirit of, uh, brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, and he set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. How many of you would love, how many of you would feel pretty good if God took you down to a low place and it seemed like everything was dead around you? Most of us would be going, Where are you, God? And why am I here? And he says to me, Son of man, can these bones live? Remember what I just taught you. He's not asking you a question to see what your answer is, he's asking you to see what your faith is. And here's what he says. This is important. Lord, only you know. Watch this. And he said to me, prophesy. Prophecy must be spoken. Listen to me. Prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh, you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Amen. What did he prophesy? The word of the Lord. He prophesied the word of the Lord. Why? Hebrews 4.12 tells me this. Hebrews 4.12 tells me, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. It pierces even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. In other words, if you don't know what promises, you need to get in the word of God. We used to have a book called The Promises of God, and it had like a thousand promises that God had given to his children. And when it, I need a promise on faith. I need a, Now we have a thing called the internet. Type it in. I need a promise on this. I need to promise on that. And you find the word of the living God and you begin to speak it and read it over your life. Let me just go ahead and tell you this. You don't just read the Bible. The Bible reads you because what happens is it gets inside of you. And as you begin to speak to your environment, it changes not the environment as much as it changes you. And as you begin to change, then the environment around you begins to change. Yeah. 
Why do I believe this? Because I believe Psalms 119.25 that says, quickened me, or quicken me according to thy word. Quicken me according to thy word, O God. Let me be quickened according to your word. In other words, the word quicken here has some very specific meanings. I'm going to come around to my notes because I don't want to mess these up, but I want you to get these really, really fast. It means to catalyze as in chemistry. In other words, God, let your word change who I am. It means to take possession as a deed of transfer that I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. It changes who I am. It becomes like a ventilator. To quicken means it sustains life. It's a breath I breathe. Listen to me. It means to conceive. But finally, it means, listen to this, when you do Mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. When the spirit quickens, it brings back dead things to life. As you read the word, the word quickens you. The word brings you back alive. I'm preaching truth. Don't make me say my own amen too. Let me say that again. The word brings you back to life. Verse 5, he said, Then after you prophesy with the word, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. You get a hold of the word. Some of these promises you need to understand are yes and amen in Christ. They're for us today. They are your promises, just like they were the promises for the children of Israel. Stay with me. There is a shaking. There is a trembling. There's a rattling of bones coming together. Flesh comes upon them. Skin covers them. But there is still no breath in them. But the Lord says, he says, the Lord says, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these dry bones. Listen to me. What he's doing here is he's flashing back all the way to, to when Adam was formed in the garden. He's saying, the Bible says that Adam was formed from the dust of the earth. The systems were in place. The flesh was in place. Everything was in place, but he was not yet a living being because there was no breath. The Hebrew word breath here that is used is ruach. There was no spirit yet within him. He had not received the ruach, the breath of the living Holy Spirit of God. This is important. Why? Because what it's saying here is this, that instead of all of these things, what, what, uh, let me just give you this, this, you'll make more sense. You need more than your life to be put back together. You need to learn to breathe. This is so important because what most of us are trying to do is we're trying to say, okay, God, I'll be happy when this one happens. I, I'll be happy when this breakthrough comes. I'll be happy when I reach this place financially. I'll be happy when I reach this place in my, my relationships with others. I'll be happy when this person's home. I'll be happy when my my child is free. And God says, stop trying to tell me how to put the bones back together. What you start doing is prophesy the breath of the living God upon them. Because what you need is a move of the Holy Ghost in your life. You're not with me. I, I, I'm, a, I'm just going to, all the time I'm worried about that clock up there. That clock can fry right now in the name of Jesus. Listen to me. I'm preaching this that you need right now for just a moment. I want you to hear what I've come to tell you. I'll never forget one day I was hanging out with uh, uh, John Kilpatrick, the pastor of the Browns Revival, and, and everybody was all excited that he was in town, and, and John's a good guy, and, and I respect him highly, but, but I, I was his host for the day, and, and I had such a good time gleaning and learning from him, and, and he preached that night, and, and he said, okay, I want all the senior pastors to line up. I'm going to pray for you, and I, I thought, well, I've been with him all day. I've been blessed, and I'm not moving. And, and Jensen was right here, and he, he got in line and kind of gave all of us a look, like, if I'm getting in line, y'all not getting in line. And so I stepped up beside him, and, and so he starts praying for all of us. And there's this line of pastors on both sides here, and they're coming along, and, and it's like right here, and he goes, he goes, fire, fire. 
can't just say fire. Fire. And he gets to me. And he goes, breathe. And I said, yes, Lord, breathe on me. He said, breathe. And I said, Yes, Lord, breathe on me. He said, I'm not talking to God, I'm talking to you. You are the most uptight man I've ever met. Breathe. I was like, well, I don't like you either. Come on, amen. He said, but breathe. In other words, what he was saying was, God wants to do something great in your life, but you've got to stop trying to put your life in the order that you want it to be in and let me put your life in the order I want it to be in. What you need is not an order. What you need is a fresh ruach of the living God to come inside of you and change who you are. You see, the Holy Spirit wants to come and to teach you to ruach, to breathe, to learn to move in the Holy Spirit. 23,000 times every day you breathe, and that is the way that the rabbis teach us. Without the vowels, it actually makes the sound of you crying out to God. Tells me the righteous and the unrighteous all cry out to God every time they breathe. Listen to what verse 12 says. Thus says the Lord, behold, I will open your grave, and I will cause you to come up out of them. If the verse 5 went back to the garden with the creation of Adam, verse 12 goes ahead to the resurrection. It goes ahead to the resurrection of Lazarus. It goes ahead to the resurrection of the glorious Savior. And it goes ahead. And some of you go, well, you're going to mess with my theology. I don't really care about your theology. I'm going to quote the word of the living God to you right now. That one day the Lord himself shall descend out of heaven with a shout. There shall be a trumpet blast and the dead in Christ shall rise again. Can I tell you, we have a hope and a peace in Christ to know that we shall live. Amen. Amen. Some of you are going, but pastor, how does that help me now? Because here's what happens. Over time, pieces of your personality die. People steal your dreams. The enemies come to kill, steal, and destroy you. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life, that you might have ruach and have it more abundantly. Now, I'm going to close with a different story today. Back in Numbers chapter 11, there's an interesting passage. The father-in-law of Moses has dinner with him. And my father-in-law, I love my father-in-law dearly. He's, he's, he was about that high, and he, but he works harder than any man I know. And, and he doesn't know how much I value. I mean, I've won him to Christ, but he doesn't know how much I value his words. We had dinner with him the other day, and I was listening to the words he was speaking into my life. He didn't even know it. Well, Moses' father-in-law comes to town, and I'm just envisioning, you have to see yourself in the stories. His father-in-law looks at him and he says, look, you got too much on you, Moses. You got too much. You need to find some men that can help you carry the load. So God bears witness with this and Moses finds 70 men. And out of 70 men, he says, okay, guys, here's what you need to do. You need to meet me at the tent of meeting, which represented the church. And he said, God is gonna take the Ruach off of my life and he's going to put it onto your life, a portion of it. 
It's going to come on you. That's why we come to God's house. It's because the reason I fight these things, the reason some sermons flow and some, some are like pushing, is that there's a ruach that's trying to transfer and, and I've hit a wall in somebody and it's falling in the name of Jesus. Amen. Watch this. So 70 men get called. 68 of them show up. Pretty good ratio. 68 of them show up, but two of them, Eliad and, and, and Medad, they stay back at the tents. Now, the, the rabbis have argued for generations why they stayed. Some said rebellion. Some said uh, 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 the, the greatest thought is that they did not find themselves worthy enough to go receive the ruach that was on Moses. So they stayed back in their tent. And all of a sudden, listen to what I'm about to say to you. The anointing of God moves. Now they're out here where they're supposed to be in this geography. They're over here in the wrong geography and, and, and the Spirit of God falls and the 68 people who are where they're supposed to be start prophesying under the power of the Holy Spirit. They start speaking life into their environment. Listen to me. I, we've lived that this week. I don't know a lot of you know that, that Christina's brother, literally they've called the family in twice this week to his deathbed and, 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 and some, some, some Holy Ghost filled saints went over and began to pray with him. And he turned, literally in his words, he turned from, I, I'm giving up and I want to die, to he began to say, pray for me that I shall live. I want to live. I want to live. He began to speak life. And he's still hanging on today. And they, they moved him from one level of intensive care to another now. And we're believing for life. We're believing for life, but watch this. They began to speak life, and the prophecy of life began to happen over here with these 68. And all of a sudden, news comes from the camp that there's two Eliad and Mirdad, Medad over here, and they're over here in the camp, and they're prophesying also. Watch this. Let me just tell you, their geography did not determine the spirit of the living God's ability to move in their lives. They may not have been where they were supposed to be for whatever reason, but because they had a heart after God, the Spirit of God translated into them right where they were, and it caused them to begin to speak life where they were. Why is this important? The church world started saying, well, I mean, his name is Joshua. He started saying, look, look, look. They didn't do what they were told. They're not acting like they're supposed to be acting. They're not over here being who they're supposed to be. And so, so they can't have this. And Moses said, I love what Moses said. He said, why are you mad? Are you mad because you think it somehow offends me? Can I just go ahead and tell you, I am thankful to be a church where we're not looking at what you did yesterday. We're only looking at your heart to know God today, that you want to know God in the power of his mind. And watch this. And so Moses says to him in Numbers eleven twenty nine, 29, are you envious for my sake? He said, I want all of the Lord's people to begin to prophesy. I want all of God's people, no matter where their geography is, to say, sit the Ruach of the living God upon me. Pour out your spirit upon my life. I need more. I need more. I need more. How many are thankful for a God who's not limited by your geography? Amen. Why don't you stand up and give him a praise like he deserves today? Amen. That's 
What's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now? To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now.